there is can be heaviness, but I also feel like something's lighter after I've shared it. I guess that where I'm at in terms of my recovery and things is that I'm doing a lot of work at the moment around grief and transformation and those sorts of things. And so I feel like part of it is, yes, that self-care of having time out, of balancing it with, you know, mindless scrolling or doing something creative and doing something that is not engaging the brain. Welcome to another episode of Listeners to Lead, where I'm helping podcasters launch and maintain a lead generating show. I'm your host, Alicia Galati, the CEO and head podcast strategist behind Galati Media, a full service podcast management company. On this show, you'll hear my guests and I discuss everything it takes to launch a successful podcast and keep it running. If you're ready to get leads, land speaking gigs, and create deeper connections with your audience through your podcast, then this is the show for you. Today on the podcast, I have Helen King. I am so excited about this conversation because we are talking a few different angles about Helen and her podcast and things that she does. But two of the most important things that I feel that we can pull from this conversation is one, how to have a podcast where you're having difficult discussions and how to balance that and maybe incorporate a little bit of a self-care but then also about managing your time and your productivity when you have ADHD. So if you are managing your own podcast, you have ADHD, she's got some really great tips and ideas and things that she does while she's working for her podcast management company and in allowing her to get through her days and weeks feeling productive without feeling burnt out. Let's welcome Helen King to the podcast. Helen, I am so excited to chat with you today because we're going to be talking about some deep stuff that like maybe people aren't talking about in the podcasting world. But before we get into all that, because I'm excited and I don't want to get ahead of myself, (laughs) if you could just tell everyone who you are, what you do, and a little bit about your podcast. Sure. So I'm so happy to be here with you. It's so exciting. So I'm Helen and I am a podcast editor slash manager slash podcast enthusiast. I don't know. What do I call myself? (laughs) Just a podcaster. I love podcasts. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. I said recently, there's nothing you can't learn on a podcast. There's nothing. There is nothing that you can't learn from listening to a podcast. I make a podcast called The C Word Radio and the C stands for cancer. I had breast cancer in 2018. It was a hugely, hugely life-changing event. You know, during lockdown last year here in New Zealand, I just really needed a project Mm. and that's where I came to was I wanted to create something that really provided a platform where people could talk authentically about their cancer experiences or talk about the things that no one really talks about or people talk about in, you know, private groups and stuff. And I've always been one for, you know, ripping off those band-aids and going, no, we need to talk about this openly. So yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. I love that so much. So going into like a podcast about cancer, there's like a gut punch. Did you find that when you were in the process of creating it, did you find that it was more of this is something I need to talk about or this is something that other people need to hear or was it a combination of both? It was really a combination of both. And I think part of it probably has been me 
yeah, working through the the post-cancer life. Because I, I guess anyone who's been through cancer, whether it's yourself or with a loved one, you'll know that when you are in treatment, it is all intensive. You have, you know, an oncologist, a surgeon, you know, all of these people around you. And then, you know, if you get to the end of that and you're sort of considered, you know, treated or it was a curative process, you're then encouraged to go and live your life. And you're like, what? Right. <laughs> what does that even mean? I really struggled in that year afterwards and I found so to other people. And so it was kind of, I think it's it's kind of symbiotic. It's that thing of I need to talk about this and other people do. When you come together, it's just this yeah, really lovely moment where you're like, oh, this person gets me. Yes. Oh, I love that so much because when my sister and I started our cult podcast and it's since faded a bit, but when we started it, it was with the premise of being cult survivors ourselves and having never really processed those feelings. Our mom had since passed and she was the one who was like in the cult and we were kids growing up in it. So we were trying to, I guess, find ourselves in like, what happened? (laughs) But also, why did it happen? And we met so many people that came out of the woodworks Like, and we didn't do any interviews. It was literally just us talking about different cults, but from the perspective of cult survivors and like why people fell into these. And people would reach out and say, me too. I grew up in a cult. I grew up in a cult. Like so many people. And I think that so often, I mean, obviously the podcast is listeners to leads, right? So we're talking business podcasts, typically. But there's so much power and community that can happen When you have a podcast that is also super therapeutic for you to process what you're going through. And I think that having that in someone's ears allows them to connect with you on a deeper level. And then if you decide it later on, you get some certification and you want to become a coach for people who have cancer or are struggling with cancer or whatever, then you have that to fall back on. on like, I've processed this like outwardly, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I love what you you talk about because I think that when you go through something as monumental as, you know, growing up in a cult or having a health crisis or, you know, a life-threatening illness and something really major, it can be really isolating and it can be really confusing of how on earth do I process this because they don't teach you how to do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) They don't teach you how to grieve or how to, you know, reassess it's funny because the conversations that I have often deep, I have quite, I can have quite a dark sense of humor. There is a lot of laughter as well because sometimes you have to laugh, yeah. you know, during chemo when your body's breaking down and you're going, seriously, <laughs> this isn't, <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> yeah. So I think it really is just opening up the space and welcoming people in and saying, come on, come and talk to me and we can, you know, have this shared experience in that moment. And then the power of podcasting is that other people can access that and be with you in that moment. So I think that's really special. Yes, absolutely. So how do you balance that with a podcast that is on a deeper level and and sometimes you're having hard conversations? I have one client where she talks about parenting and being a mom. And she recently had an episode that was all about miscarriages. And that one was when I was editing it, because my team was like, I can't, 
I cannot. I'm sorry. And I'm like, that's okay. I got it. Mm. About half a bottle of wine later, editing this episode, like, it's hard. Like, it's such an important conversation, but it's very hard to have those conversations. So how do you balance that with dark sense of humor and, like, live? (laughs) Like, what does that usually look like for you? I feel in some ways, because I did a a few episodes on infertility or facing fertility, because it is a huge thing that many of us, both uh, men and women and people, face when you've been younger and had things like chemo or radiation Mm -hmm. that, that can zap your reproductives. Yeah, it's really, it's challenging because that is a really raw emotion and it's challenging for me because we're facing infertility. And so it is, yeah, definitely there is, can be heaviness, but I also feel like something's lighter after I've shared Mm. it. I guess that where I'm at in terms of my recovery and things is that I'm doing a lot of work at the moment around grief and Mm. transformation and those sorts of things. And so I feel like part of it is, Yes, that self-care of having time out, of balancing it with, you know, mindless scrolling or doing something creative and doing something that is not engaging the brain, if that makes sense. So it's kind of part of the processing, I think, and then allowing space to just for things to be light and fun. And I don't mean that to sound flippant, but it just... Yeah, I think you have to have space for both. And I think that's how I manage it. No, those are great tips. And I'm all about like mindless scrolling if that's what you need. Or like I always talk about read smut if that's what you need, like to escape (laughs) what you're feeling at the moment. Or you guys can't see it because you're listening. But I have this giraffe painting behind me and I painted that and it's a paint by number. I'm not creative, but I would love to just sit there and mindlessly fill in numbers with paint. (laughs) So like find something that you can mindlessly do while either listening to a podcast, listening to music or, you know, scrolling through Instagram or whatever. Work on that. (laughs) Give yourself space, self-care, take care of yourself. And that way, when you do have those hard conversations, also creating some space before and after to feel. I was recently reading this book. I it was not a self-care book or self-help book whatsoever. It was a smut book. But the person was saying in it, like allowing herself to feel feelings. And like, that was not one thing that her therapist had told her, not just sitting with them and letting them build and, and ruminate and just like, go, 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 but allowing them to pass through you. And I really liked that. Like just letting it feel and then, okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's really interesting, isn't it? I mean, I give the benefit of talking to people and asking them how they've done things. And one of the things I've really learned from talking about grief is that there is the side that obviously is, you know, you can talk about and that sort of thing. But actually, a lot of grief work and a lot of grief processing isn't about what's going on in your brain. It's about letting it out of your body, doing things that are, yeah, outside of the spoken. So learning that and having that space to go, I need to get this out of my body. I need to get it, whether that, whether through dance or singing yeah. at the top of your lungs or creating something. Yeah, all of those things have really helped and really helped me recently as well to balance out the, the heavy stuff. Yeah. Oh, so good. So you also have ADHD, is that correct? I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> So I love to talk about managing time. 
a lot of people who might be listening to this podcast might be producing their own shows, or I recently talked to someone on a trading I was doing on Clubhouse, and he had come up and he had asked, I'm very fly by the seat of my pants. I like to do things last minute. That's just how I flow. Whereas my wife is like, things need to be done on time. We need to plan ahead. And so for the podcast, how do I balance that? And I think it really is. I told him like, it starts first with like, know thyself, right? Know what is going on in your brain and know how you work. But I'd love to hear some strategies that you use and what your tips and uh, strategies are for those. Yeah, absolutely. So I am only recently diagnosed. I was diagnosed last year, Mm. gosh, a few months before turning 40. So I have decades of unlearning to do. (laughs) I am really lucky that part of my management is the fact that I have decided to not work in a traditional environment because that does not suit me at all. (laughs) I do not work well in an office or a corporate space. That's the first thing for me is really understanding myself, understanding how I work and what brings out the best in me. And I'm really, really lucky. I have a very supportive partner and he Mm. is, yeah, he has supported me. So I'm able to have this time to go, I want to build this business. And so this is an ADHD friendly employment option for me. So the first thing really is, is understanding what my rhythms are. I can really fluctuate during the month or how productive I feel. Mm -hmm. Anyone with ADHD will understand that you have days where you have no energy at all. You know, you might've been overstimulated the day before. And so the next day there's, you've got nothing in the tank. I can kind of shift and juggle my week around Mm. with when I need to be very productive, like editing my clients' podcasts or, you know, creating their content and things and just putting it in times where I know I'm going to have more capability to sit down and and concentrate. Um, So I'm much better in the morning. So as the day goes on, I get more and more burnt out. So that's been the the major thing for me is understanding what is my rhythm, Mm. When am I going to be at my peak so I can sit down and do this? I mean, there are lots of different tips and tricks that I'm learning along the way. At the moment, and this is working for me, is that I I looked up bullet journaling because someone had mentioned it, and it looks far too complicated for me. There's a lot of (laughs) It is very complicated, yes. I've tried it and got like maybe four months in and was like, I'm done. This isn't, this isn't it. (laughs) That's a lot of effort. So I'm doing my version of it where the day before or the night before I sit down and I think, what are the things in my day I want to do for my self-care? Because that's really important. And that goes at the top of the list. And then I think about what do I need to achieve tomorrow? And I just put those down and then I have, what do I need to do around the house or other, you know, life chores and that sort of thing. And then I don't put any expectation on myself to achieve any of it. Mm. So if I don't achieve all of those things, it doesn't matter. There are some things on there that I think I have to do that tomorrow. Otherwise, it's probably pushing it. And so that's kind of how I manage it. There are other times in the month where things aren't good. (laughs) My ADHD might be out the door. That's the time where I go, I am not making any appointments during that week. So I don't schedule in any meetings. I don't schedule anything where I have to go and be somewhere. And I take all of the stress and pressure off myself because mm. I know that stuff might be too overwhelming. And so it's just, yeah, different ways of managing it. In terms of a podcast, I think 
I'm lucky that I, I really love it. And so it never really feels too much like a chore to yeah. me. I think anyone with ADHD will recognize that, you know, if you fi- don't like it and find it boring, it's painful to do because it's not producing dopamine. Right. <laughs> and we don't like that. Yeah. So it is a little bit about planning and putting things in. Sometimes it's just, it's tricking myself and saying, I'll sit down and do this, just do it for, you know, five, ten minutes, and if it's really crap, you don't have to do it anymore. (laughs) That's so great. (laughs) Yeah, I think those are the main ones that help me be able to have a work production. I feel like that's applicable too. For those of us, I mean, I'm not diagnosed. I've questioned sometimes. (laughs) But for those of us who aren't diagnosed ADHD, like, it's so important to know even your like your biorhythm throughout the day of when you feel yeah. most productive, especially when those of us who have come from corporate jobs where it's nine to five and yes. that is it and you have to take one hour lunch break. I don't work well yeah. nine to five at all. I need no. to work mm, sometimes 10 to about noon. I'll take about an hour break. But my most productive time of the day is from 11 a.m. until 3 p.m. And then again, yeah. from 7 p.m. till about 11 p.m. at night. Evenings, I'm a night owl. I like to work nights. I like doing that. And so, obviously, my husband wants to hang out. So, like, <laughs> I have to make time for him, too, in the evenings. But <laughs> when yeah. football's on and I'm not watching that, <laughs> then I know I can yeah. work every Monday night and every Thursday night when football's on, especially during football season. And I don't have to worry about him feeling like, oh, I want to hang out. I want to watch a movie. What are you doing? You're always working. No, there's none of that. So I can still hone in on that time that I like to work. So knowing when that time is for you and testing it out and having fun with it. Obviously, if if you're in a corporate job, it's going to be more difficult to create a schedule that works for you. But have conversations with those who are your superiors, and find ways that it will work for you and that you're going to be more productive. I think you agree with me. It goes back to knowing yourself and knowing what what works yeah. for you. Yeah. It is really challenging because one of the things with ADHD is we often find it hard to start tasks. It's just it's this weird mind block. I don't know what it is, but sometimes, it, and that's why I was saying I can trick myself and say, oh, just, just grab the laptop and do it. Just a few minutes. <laughs> a little bit and see how it goes. You touched on it there, and I think this is a really important thing because a lot of people now, it isn't really post-pandemic because I feel like this is now we're feeling out what this new life is. Um, a lot of people might be working from home, and for me it has been you don't have to sit at the at the desk. You can sit on the couch with your laptop and you're still working if that's comfortable for you for a bit. Or... Um, this week I've really taken the pressure off and, um, yeah, taken the dogs out in the morning and not being like, oh, I have to rush back and you have to get back to work. It's like, no, we're just they're having fun. We'll go for a walk and I'll come back and I'll sit down. And I think it really is getting out of that corporate mindset of you have to be at your desk. And if you're not at your desk, you're not being productive and going, actually, I think I'll drive out to mum and dad's and go see them and, and take the dogs. I'm not feeling in that productive zone. Mm -hmm. And so rather than sit and berate myself for not being productive, I'll go and, you know, see mum and dad who, because of the pandemic, I don't get to see very much. So it's, I think it is 
shifting that mindset from you have to be productive at all times, otherwise your worth isn't high, and going, actually, what do I need today to really meet my needs for what they are? in this moment yeah and I and I'm not saying I do that perfectly (laughs) right no I I totally understand I also think that we need to shift this idea of productivity around on its head (laughs) because going and visiting your mom and dad and hanging out with them is also productive for your mental health so like (laughs) we always think we have to be doing 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 in order to be productive but sometimes (laughs) just being is productive too yeah It's really interesting because I think having cancer really taught me this. It's an unlearning in a way where when everything is taken away from you, and I mean, because my background's in journalism and corporate communication, so I've a lot of the time been a high achiever, like I wanted to achieve. I put these huge expectations Mm. on myself, you know, pushing, pushing, pushing. And like a lot of people who were undiagnosed with either autism or ADHD, I had that boom bust cycle and so I'd be push 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 then I'd burn out Mm. completely and utterly burn out and I did that a few times and I did it the last time really was before my cancer diagnosis the chemo was so full-on I couldn't work and so all of that was taken away your physical health was taken away my ability to work was taken away and you realize that not much actually matters that Mm. we think matters and so now I'm there's I don't know, it's almost ruined me in a way because I, I just don't have that kind of that desire anymore to wreck myself for a job because I just think that's not what matters to me anymore. Yeah, when you're faced with your own mortality, it's like this yeah. moment yeah. of what am I doing? <laughs> Whether that's yeah. through a health issue with yourself or you lose someone you love and you just realize like yep. life is really short. Mm-hmm. What's the point? <laughs> like, what am I doing? Yeah, with I this? totally, totally. <laughs> yeah, I grappled with it because you're talking about the white, you know, when you talked about your own experience of growing up in a cult and, and having those, I guess, those questions of why me? Why did this happen? And I can kind of equate it with having cancer mm-hmm. as you think, why on earth did this happen? Was it because I did this or was it this? And the fact is, is that it's, it wasn't anything we did. It happened, you know. Right. You had a parent that made those decisions, and I had a body that <laughs> made the bloody decisions <laughs> right. to get out of control. <laughs> you do spend a lot of time thinking, gosh, what was going on? And what I kept coming back to was, God, you you haven't been listening to your body. Your body's been screaming at you for years mm. to slow down, and I wasn't listening. And that's a big, you know, F you of <laughs> your, your listen is – having to be completely grounded. So I've really have explored that idea of, you know, that cult of productivity or that achievement and stuff. What does that really mean? And how do I shift this? So, you know, there are different things that matter. Oh, so good. So good. Yes. (laughs) So you have also gotten clients from your podcast. So I would love to dive into that. What happened? I want to know all the things. (laughs) I was really lucky, I think, that podcasting has has been a saving grace for me, I think, because it has allowed me to set up a a small business for myself um, where I can work from home and build a more healthy and well lifestyle. You know, I'm lucky that I have that background in journalism and radio production. So I had those skills and I discovered, oh my God, other people will pay you (laughs) to 
to do this stuff. Isn't that amazing? Yes. <laughs> I was actually, I was a guest on a podcast last year called Adulting with ADHD, and I was sharing my experience because I had followed Sarah, the host, on Twitter. In that episode, I was talking about, you know, coming to podcasting and the fact that I was starting to edit for other people. And she was like, I need an editor. And so that was how I got my first client. Awesome. I love that so much. Which is hilarious. And then I actually produced a small podcast series for a charity here in New Zealand. That was after they started following me on Instagram and they'd heard my podcast. Yeah. And they wanted me to create something for them. And so those have been avenues for me. And then recently, and I think this might be, you know, of interest to other people who are starting out, whether it's in podcast editing or just freelancing, is that I've had people find me through LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I post and share and those sorts of things. And yeah, I'm starting to get, they aren't, oh, a friend referred me. It was like, I found you on LinkedIn. Yeah. So that is pretty cool to sort of start getting that organic. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. The referrals are great. But once you start getting people who like I had a potential client call a few weeks ago where she was like, I saw your article on the Buzzsprout newsletter. Then I went and read it. And then I listened to the episode. And then I I went to your Instagram and then I checked out your Instagram. I liked what you do. And then I booked a call. Like this lady does it like literally within an hour's time was like, oh, yeah, no, I I need to work with you. So it's like if you put the right content out there, you're having the right conversations. Yeah. Then it's so much easier to get people to trust you, especially with podcasting. (laughs) Absolutely. And so you don't have to be a podcaster to be able to edit and things. If you have the skills and you have the the air for it. That's great. I think for me, my podcast is an outward kind of, well, this is what I can do. You know, these are my skills and this is what I've created. And then when you are consulting with people or you're advising people, you can say, this is what's worked for me. Or I've been trying this recently. Do you want to try it on your podcast as well? And I think there is that degree of trust thing because they go, oh, yeah, I mean, you get what I'm doing. Yes. <laughs> you are picking up what I'm putting down. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this was so good. Thank you so much for all that you have shared. And we definitely will have to connect again because this was so good. If anyone wants to listen to your podcast or they want to work with you, where can they find you hang out with you? Yeah, so if you want to listen to the podcast, I'm on all the major podcast distribution platforms, the C Word Radio, or come find me on Instagram as well. I love chatting with people or, you know, if you're going through cancer and you want to talk to someone about what's going on, yeah, please get in touch. Otherwise, I am also on Instagram with my business. It's hkproductions underscore podcast. And yeah, if you want to talk podcasting, I am always happy to do that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Helen, for coming on the show. Yes, this was uh, so good. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Listeners to Leads. If you found something in this episode valuable, I would really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend who you know would also get value from it want to send me a message my favorite place to hang out is instagram you can find me at alicia.galati let me know what your favorite takeaway was from the episode and don't forget 
turning those listeners into leads is actually easy. 